Hey everybody, this is Tyler. This is Danny. And this is Fried Squirms. We're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies. Exorcist Master this week, which we'll talk about more in a second. But this week we have a special guest, as we hinted last week, because things actually went as planned for like once. I know, right? The stars aligned. It almost could have aligned more. Like we had extra people over when we went to start this shit. That's true. How the fuck does that happen? Like, we try to plan shit. Anyway. I'll take it. So, we have Rob on the show with us. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Rob Cave. I love kung fu movies. And I play bass, and I'm from Missoula, Montana. Hell yeah, dude. I think, let's see here, we will start as we usually do. It's fried squirms. Well, we're we're already getting stoned, but we'll get our our fucking green hits in. Danny, what was this that you brought me today? Okay, so today I brought two different strains. I did bring them both from Flower because I picked up a couple of six-packs from them, which I normally do. But anyhow, this week I brought you a Crockett's Haze. Now, it's a strain I've brought over before. This one has some unique genetics, mainly because it's bred by Crockett Farms and DNA Genetics. Now, it says that this is a sativa-dominant hybrid, so it is a hybrid cross of an old haze and the ranger. So the smell and the flavor, it's a traditional, kind of like incense flavor. And because of the haze, it gets like a slight citrus and tropical notes. So expect some energizing effects that pair well with music and hikes. We're going to take a little hike today. We'll talk about that. <laughs> and Rob, I actually brought you... Some Montana Silver Tip, which is a cross of Granddaddy Purple and Super Silver Haze. Damn. So this is a hybrid. This is good for people who have like ADHD, migraines, anxiety, things of that nature. It's very calming. THC tends to be in the upper 20s. So the myrcene is the terpene most associated with that. But I know Tyler's a big fan. Yep. Yeah, dude. So I brought some some uppers, so to speak, so that way we can all be a little bit more energized and jovial and talkative. Well, I know with what I brought you, I tried to go a little bit more the same way. Some Maui Diesel. Mm. Damn. Got some of the Maui Wowie. Fucking classic. People that don't even fucking smoke weed have heard Maui Wowie. Because it's one of those names that people just use in, like, fucking television shows, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... One of the most classic sativas you can find out there. I feel like, how long has that strain been around? I feel like it's been around forever, right? Since, like, at least the mid-2000s. Dude, I can remember hearing somebody in Half-Baked say Maui Wowie. Right? Yeah. So we're talking, like, late 90s. Talking early Dave Chappelle career over here. Thank you, exactly. Yeah. And then crossed, of course, with Sour Diesel. Damn. A strain that's been around since fucking mid-90s. Although I will say, taste-wise, in my experience, I feel like it takes a little bit more after the sour diesel side, okay, a little bit more peppery, a little bit more diesel, rather than the pineapple notes that you tend to get from Maui. But Quite all right with that. You know, shit, it's been a while since we've had a new guest, but while we're starting up our smoke session here, we should probably get a couple of things out of yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. since it's your first time on, Rob, okay. first, what's your history with marijuana? Oh, man. (laughs) That's a loaded question. So, to be fair, I started smoking at a pretty young age. I had a best friend that had an older brother that thought it was hilarious to uh, get his little brother stoned, and I was (laughs) happened to be in the room. So, 
I'm talking like 12 years old. Okay. And then I smoked for a little bit. And then I kind of, this story's getting awful really fast. That's it's okay. But get in high school, and I stopped smoking because I started playing music with a bunch of Christian kids and Christian bands. And they're like, look, we have expectations. You can't be smoking weed on the job. It looks bad on us. <laughs> stoner. So I like sobered up until about my senior year. And then pretty much been smoking weed since senior year of high school, I would say. I'm from Great Falls, so... G-Funk? Yep. Just to <laughs> let you know about my early reality, you know, like $60 for like three grams, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm no stranger to those prices growing up in South Carolina, so... Don't and miss that shit. No, don't. Definitely the worst weed I've ever seen has been in Great Falls. Oh, damn. Like, have you ever seen the actual, like... Compressed brick oh, stuff. Yeah, oh, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. I, I've mm-hmm. even had the corners <laughs> in baggies, like little trash bags ripped up. Yeah, and it, up. yeah it looks like what I think now looks like a, you know, like when you um, basically do the desktop vaporizers, or like when you're making. Have you guys ever made rosin before? I've never made it myself. No. So no. like the easy like trailer park DIY way <laughs> way of making homemade rosin is you basically have a hair straightener. With a temperature gauge, set it to the temperature, put a nug in, like, parchment paper, squeeze it with a straightener, and then what you get is this, like, little nice thin, like, weed pancake (laughs) that, like, Mm -hmm. crisps. It's like a crispy. It's like a, it's like a chip. But, and that's um, what that bullshit weed looked like. Yeah, and that's what that (laughs) weed looked like. And I was like, I don't know about this. I don't know. But it was cheap, so, you know. Hey, if it works, go for it, man. Yeah, I'm not sure if it worked, but I'm going to pretend like it did. There you go. Yeah. All right, so that. second part. And there's actually going to be a surprise third part. Mm. Second part, what is your history with horror movies? Ooh. All right. Had to take a hit to recollect. So Ooh. I love my history with horror movies. But the first horror movie I ever saw was Army of Darkness. Yeah, And that was the first horror movie I sat through and really loved as a kid. And I was like, you know what? I do not have to be afraid of horror movies. Army of Darkness was like my gateway into it. One of my best friends growing up was named Mikey. And he collected horror movies. And I think by the time he moved out of Great Falls, he had over 1,200, safely to say, horror movies. Wow. So we would hang and watch horror movies like, you know, twice a week, three times a week. That was really my horror movie prime. It was just kind of like, I feel like I just have so many nights where I left my friend Mikey's house, checked the backseat of my car for serial killers, and then drove home because a horror movie As was you do. That scary. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can say this too, because both you guys grew up here in Montana. I think you probably have a little bit more of a rational and logical fear <laughs> of that shit happening. <laughs> Because there's, like, nobody. That's what I'm getting at. Like, chances of that happening are a little bit more uh, like, intense you, up You here. get away with it out here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just pointing out some obvious shit. Yeah. Coming from an East Coaster where, you know, like, there's a lot of people. You're going to hear shit, see shit. Mm-hmm. Something's going to set something off. We hear it's like, ooh, it's a little bit more creepy. All right. Now. Uh, I don't know. I, I, don't mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying. I mean, you had like, reasons to check your car. <laughs> I feel like it's true. Like <laughs> that sense. reason is usually a bear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got other creatures to worry about out here too. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I feel like 
I wonder what the statistics are on, like, people that have been killed by bears in the state versus murders, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a solid point. Yeah. And now, surprise part three. Okay. We normally don't have to go into this, <laughs> but your history with kung fu flicks. I love kung fu movies. <laughs> um, kung fu movies, it's a lot for me because... I would describe myself as someone who watches two things, and that's Star Trek and Kung Fu movies. All right. And, like, I've been kind of straying away from that recently, but um, the first Kung Fu movie I saw was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I was 11 years old, and I absolutely loved it. I couldn't read that fast, so I had no idea what it was about. So I just watched the movie and the cinematography, the choreography... Everything about it was amazing, and I just, like, fell in love with Eastern culture and kung fu movies overnight. That's but, awesome, yeah. man. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we really got too in-depth about our backgrounds with kung fu. No, like, I had, like, a half year where I went really heavy, but there's only so heavy you can go in, like, a half year, so. Yeah. I've seen more than the average person, but not as much as somebody who watches it all the time. Yeah. Okay. In that weird little in-between. <laughs> well, Growing up with uncles and my dad as well, and I think for most of us, we probably either ourselves or had family members who were big Bruce Lee fans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, growing up watching those old kung fu flicks from Bruce Lee, and then finding out about Shaw Brothers and stuff like that, oh, yeah. too. And the fact that if you had just basic TV in the 80s, maybe even the early 90s, you'd catch them, like, on a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I will say I lucked out because my little spree of getting way into Kung Fu coincided with a film historian bringing through a print of The Mystery of Chess Boxing. Nice. So I got to see that on fucking film. At the Wilma? Yeah. I was there. Yeah. I saw that one. <laughs> yeah. That was an awesome. That was fucking dope, right? <laughs> that was awesome. And the, I remember the funny thing about that screening was I was there for Mystery of Chess Boxing. But they're like, you're going to have to watch, like, two hours of, like... Of the trailers. Of the trailers. It was two hours of trailers. And at first, I was like, oh, this is pretty funny. And then, like, by an hour and a half, and I was like, this is, like, a fever dream. I just want to watch a Kung Fu movie. And, but trailers. then the trailers fucked up early. Yeah, and, like... One oh, of them burned through. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember <laughs> really? that. Yeah. And I also remember, like, pre-gaming, getting way too stoned, falling asleep... During oh, shit. the first, like, hour, like, after the first hour of trailers, I literally fell asleep. And then, because I was, like, two stone at the movie theater, and I was watching trailers. And uh, I wake up, and the mystery of chess boxing starts, mm. and I was like, I'm here for this. I'm so ready. But It was cool, because it was, like, period trailers, but it was a lot of fucking trailers. An hour and a half. Two hours, you say? Mm-hmm. Shit, that is a long fucking time to watch yeah. trailers, dude. Like, after... 10, There's 15, only minutes, so many like, fucking okay. Sartana trailers I can fucking watch. And, like, Django fucking clones. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah. Hold our nunchucks, we got more to show you. Well, and, like, to be fair, the more you look at, like, old Shaw Brothers theaters and, like, the culture around, like, Shaw Brothers in the 70s, that's what you were watching. You would go to a theater, pay $2, pay a dollar and get a whole afternoon of movies, and you might be there for the Kung Fu movies, but you got to sit through 
a bunch of stuff. I mean, uh, you know, there was a few Jess Franco trailers. Really? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. You know, this reminds me of a little bit like the modern. It's like sitting through a YouTube ad. Ooh. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, you might have paid nothing to come here, but you're going to watch some other shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this one's unskippable, bitch. That's right. <laughs> you might have to watch it. The worst thing about the YouTube ads, especially for music, is when you're like hitting your favorite part of the song. Oh, man. Ad. And eh. no during yeah. a break or something, you're like, oh come on, man, during a breakdown. Knock that shit off. I'm like, how many subscriptions can I get? I can't afford another one. Right. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Well, I think that's a good little intro. We'll continue smoking a little bit of weed, take a small break, and we'll be back with the guts and bolts of Exorcist Master. Guts and bolts. All right, Guts and Bolts, Exorcist Master, who and what went into the making of this, spoiler-free, set up for the movie, oh, I should have thought harder about this, after a church is closed down in a village and things seem awry, Things go more awry when the Christian missionaries show up and Uncle Nine has to just smack some sense into everybody, Supernatural included. How's that work? Rob, that's That's pretty on point. Okay. We want to be fair, you know. I should have thought about that one more. I'm like, oh shit, what is the setup for this movie? Yeah, it's like, you know. I mean, the way I would describe it would be like, shit just bops off, like, immediately. I like it. All right, so, you know, from week to week, we do like to talk about the cast and crew of the film. And this week, we have a multi-talented guy, an actor, director. He's got other labels underneath his name. I am talking about a gentleman. His name is Feng Wang Kyun. He's also known as Wu Ma. And just a few things of note from this gentleman. Like I said, if you go throughout his career, it spans all the way back in the 60s, right? So... We could probably start with the fact that he enrolled in the uh, Shaw Brothers acting course. Mm-hmm. So some of those appearances include Lady General Hua Mu Ian. It says, then he appeared in such films as Temple of the Red Lotus, which is in 1965, The Night of Nights in 66, and Twelve of the Broken Blade in 67. Apparently he was a uh, assistant director in some other films as well. I mean, like I said, he's got a lot of films. A lot. Oh, yeah, we talked about the fact that, I think off-air, that he's in Mr. Vampire as a rye shop boss, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Mr. Vampire 4, Police Story 2, just had a few films of note. Once Upon a Time in China was one of the ones I saw. Iron Monkey 2. We have a couple of writers on this. We have Lu Ching Chao. This is only film of note. And we have Man Hua Chen. And a few films of note from them are the films Devil Fetus, Mismatched Couples, the films Heinle Jailhouse, Devil's Vendetta, Bloody Brothers, and Evil Knight. We have three cinematographers on this film, which is really unique. We normally mm. only have one, maybe two at most, but we have Chung Xian Chen, only film of note, really. Then we have Sen Chen Xie, which is uh, the other film of note is a film called Motu. And we have Ku Ren Yu. Which, a few films of note from them. Motu, have, like Masters of the Universe? Uh, Motu, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some really cool films from Ku. Stuff like 36 Shaolin Beats, Samurai Bells of Death, there was uh, War of the Shaolin Temple, things like Miraculous Flower, you have Gold to Love, 
the Chinese Ghostbuster from 94, so some pretty cool films there. We have three editors on this. We have Ti Yang Chao. Ti Yang is known for such films as Captive Commandos, a film called Call Girls from 94. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, a film called Heartbeat, Young Kickboxer, The War Damn. Dogs, yeah, The Buddhist Spell. And uh, from 95, we have Two Girls Faced. All right, we have He Xiao Liao. They're known for Astray Lamb, and we have Jing Chang Wang. A few films of note from them are a film called Nujin Pin Mei, number one. We have a film called Butterfly and Sword, and a film called The Vengeance from 95. All right, the music was composed by Chu Hyun Wang. This was produced by Yi Jen Ge. We have production company Baoxiong Film and Communication. The distributors were Universal Laser and Video Company Limited. They helped with the 1993 Hong Kong video release. And Image Entertainment helped with the 2006 United States DVD release. All right, moving into the cast. We have a gentleman we've actually talked about before. Back on yeah. episode 185, we reviewed Mr. Vampire. It's a really fun film. So we have Yam Chun Ying. He plays Master Kiao or Kyo, otherwise known as Uncle Nine in the film. A few films of note from him. I think we all mentioned this off air, off mic, that he worked with Bruce Lee early on. So he appeared in Way of the Dragon, The Big Boss. He was also in The Prodigal Son from uh, 1981. He's been in a ton of kung fu films because he was a choreographer. He worked with the Shaw Brothers just as well. So, yeah, it's really cool. It kind of shows, too, because we've already seen him in Mr. Vampire. And he kind of shows off his skills, not only there, but in here as well. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But, yeah, for those who are curious, uh, he's got an extensive list of work, which is really cool. All right, moving on, we have Wu Ma. Can we just talk about him? Ooh, <laughs> he plays Priest Wu. And uh, once again, he has an extensive list of films. We already talked about the fact that he was a Mr. Vampire as well. All right, we have Colin Chow. He plays the role of Little Star in the film. He hardcore parkours all over the place. He kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I think some people are going to find some interesting things of note from him. So he was in The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions as Damn. Seraph. Holy shit, that's Seraph. What? <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I just real yeah. That's cool. Okay. Word. That's fucking dope. You might have seen him in The Forbidden Kingdom as Jade Warlord. He was also in DOA, okay. Dead or Alive, as Hayate. I need to finally fucking get around to watching Dead or Alive one of these days. I never I've never have seen that one. one. Yeah, he's been in all kinds of Oh, films, wait, man. he was in... He was Hayate, so he was in... The video game Dead or Alive. This is like the live action movie, 2006. Yeah, 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 yeah. but like, I mean, yeah, yeah, not yeah. the Takashi Mika. No, 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 no that's Dead the video game version. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Because yeah. I was saying I need to see the Takashi Mika Dead or Alive. I do too, which I think that's more about Yakuza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which makes a lot more sense. I have no need of watching the video game adaptation movie. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. <laughs> no discredit. All right. Moving forward, we have Wing Cho Yip. He's otherwise known as Teddy Yip. But a few films of note from him. He was in 1989's film The Killer. He was also in 1973's film. He was the director, actually, of a film called Thunder Fist, otherwise known as Zai Wang. He was also the director of The Blade Spares None, and he's also the director of a movie called Black Tavern. Like I said, he's got 95 film credits. 
reaction as well. So lots of film credits there. All right, we have Huang Wa. She plays Annie. She's got a few films of note from here. She was in the film Passionate Dream. Some people might have seen her in the Sichuan Concubines. She was also in a film called Wolves Cry Under the Moon. We have Shen Yun, plays the role of Preach Shen. A few films of note from him. He was in a film called Boys in Love from 1970. He was in Revenge of the Shaolin Master from 1979 as well. Preach Shen's the young priest? Uh, I'm not sure, dude. I'm not sure exactly which one, because there's lots of priests in this film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly which one. So, you know, for those who know, they can chime in. All right, I have two other people of note. I have Chiu Chun Chen. She plays Hui Liang, which means moon. Actually, so she's the sister of Star. Yeah. Right? This is really the only film of note from her. And last but not least, we have Zhu Yu Yang. He plays the role of David, which is the mayor's son. So, uh... Yeah, that pretty much rounds out our cast and crew. We gave you a brief setup. Should give you some warnings. Warnings. There's some religious stuff going on here. Lots you know. of religious stuff. Yeah, some religious stuff. Weirdly warring religious stuff, but that makes it yeah. sound a lot worse <laughs> than it is. It's very lighthearted, but yeah, it's. We'll get to it, I guess. Um, let's see. Um, Chinese hopping vampires. Yeah, Western vampires. vampires. They're like crisscrossing Western and Chinese vampires. Mm-hmm. Yep. What else do we got? Ghost. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You don't see anything, but there's one really fucked up story that's told. There's like one really fuck that's like far beyond anything else that actually happens in this movie. Is that the first? It's like, when the ghost is, tell, is telling why oh, she yeah, died. Oh, yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. It's, like, super deep, and you're just like, oh, my God, what yeah. is this? Yeah. Compared to the rest of the movie, it is right. way more you, extreme. You don't yeah. see anything. You don't you're see just anything. told what happened. I kind of just want to watch that movie instead. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, like, warning for, like, mention of, like, sexual assault right, and right, stuff. Right, 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 And that totally makes sense why it might turn some people Because it's fucked up little, yeah. like, 30 seconds. <laughs> It really is. So outside of that, I mean. Yeah, no, it's kind of just. Any warnings you can think of, Rob? I don't think so. No. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. And like I so said, we, we've said in the past, if we've missed anything, once we get to it in the next section, we'll bring it up as well. But fucking tough. Yeah. Until then. <laughs> until then, we're just going to pop into the next section then and see how Exorcist Master made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right, Exorcist Master, Rob, you're the one that brought this one to us, and yes. thank you. You're welcome. Because it was so much fun, <laughs> especially after how much fun we had watching Mr. Vampire. Oh, no doubt, 100%. It was really great having the excuse to jump back into, like, this isn't straight up Jiangxi, but it's adjacent, Close. and it's like 70% overlap, 50% overlap, because it starts off with like that ghost bit. but right. Exactly. Well, it starts off with the, the priest. Anyway, we'll get to that. But like, so, like, I know I hadn't seen it before. Danny, I know you hadn't seen it before. No. Yeah. Rob, where where did this pop so, in for you? Like, when I was in high school, I used to just scan Hastings for kung fu movies mm. up and down. Like, I would just look at most of the movies in Hastings, looking for misplaced kung fu movies or kung fu movies. This one showed up at Hastings. And me and one of my friends, Justin, at the time watched it. Yeah. And, like, so I think they watched it before I saw it. 
And then they're like, this movie is so ridiculous, you have to see it. So the first time I watched it, it was smoking, and yeah, it just blew my mind the first time. I was like, this is absurd. Like, Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yet weirdly, I would say it's weirdly more serious than Mr. Vampire, because of the weird like religious yeah. aspect, That's and true. like fighting back against a weird form of gentrification almost. Yeah, like, there's definitely a lot of like... Social... Undertones, if you will. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot of just, like, story archetypes from a lot of different kung fu movies, but just, like, kind of, like, blown up beyond proportion, I would say, almost. Kind of, like, exaggerated. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. There's a different type of movie, though, that this also weirdly reminded me of. And it's movies like, I don't know, like, Jingle All the Way, where it's, like, like fucking Uncle Nine and the priest, the way that they were both going back at each other reminded me of like middle-aged fucking suburban dads in comedies going back and forth with the proper way to fucking celebrate the holiday. That's a good point. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? I've seen this before, except right. I think last time it's it had Simbad. <laughs> I think you're saying, yeah. It, <laughs> or maybe not Simbad, but you know, because that was a little bit different, but you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the same action, just a different mm-hmm. story arc, you know? Jingle all the way is maybe a bad call. What's one where they're arguing over fucking decorations? Fucking Broderick's in one like that, isn't he? Anyway, that one with Matthew Broderick. (laughs) Christmas movie. I don't give a shit about Christmas. Fucking. But but no, no, it it has a a certain air of familiarity. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of the characters in that, in Exorcist Master, are pretty relatable, but like, it's obviously a comedy, and then you're like, you kind of reflect on like a lot of the dialogue, and you're like, there's some serious stuff in this movie but it's like i don't know how seriously i can take, take right it, you I, know i'm wondering too because we've already mentioned the fact that there are some social elements in terms of the commentary in this film right and i'm wondering if this is like a chinese way of satirizing or exaggerating characters and maybe that's why it might feel a little yeah, mm-hmm. it's way too silly for us, like way over the top where it becomes cartoonish, you know, Yeah, where maybe over there it's a little bit more, you know, maybe not so much is what I'm trying to say. I feel like there's less characters in this movie and more of ideas of characters. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. is what like it looked like in the turn of the century and you have like people of the Catholicism like coming into China, you know, like, but it's not like, I don't know. I feel like it was just, like, a lot of those personalities were blown up, yeah, beyond proportion. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. There is exaggeration there. Because, I mean, on top of it, you're throwing in vampires and stuff like that, too, so. I want to say mean, it's almost like a commentary. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a social commentary to it. I'm so happy to see Uncle Nine again. I'm not going to try to call him by his real name. Fucking Uncle Nine's awesome. Though. I just yeah. wrote him down as, like, MC. You could be MC Nine. MC Nine. One of the things I was reflecting on was I, I wish I would have seen Mr. Vampire because the more I looked into this movie, the more I was like, there's so many Mr. Vampire overlaps. Oh, there um, is. The one I did see before this one was a movie called Human Lanterns, and that was a Shaw Brothers movie. Okay. And, yeah, I feel like there was not really a redeemable character in that entire movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, like, kind of shocked with how scary it was, too. <laughs> but... I was like, so who's the hero of this movie? Okay, it's over now. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, fuck. 
the opening of this. I love it. Did we really just watch two fucking movies in a row that start with fucking priests getting smushed by oh, crosses falling we down? We really did. That we is Mr. Vampire 2? No. No, 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 no. Okay. Last week, we talked about this movie, The Day of the Beast. Okay. Where in Spanish the first film. five minutes of the yeah. movie, a fucking cross falls and squishes a fucking priest. Like, literally. Oh, my God. So we did two movies in a row with a fucking priest getting squished in the first five minutes. Now you have to remember, too, like, that was not planned. Both comedies. Yeah. 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 Both comedies. What are the odds? Both ridiculous. It's so ironic, too. It's like... But then... Okay. So... Are spoilers okay? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're section. in the spoiler section. You're good to go. Spoiler zone. Okay, because yeah, yeah. it's ironic. Oh man, this is the biggest spoiler of the movie. But it's just ironic how like that happens in the opening scene. He gets like stabbed by a cross, and later he's like back in the movie with no real explanation. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's weird, like. So he gets stabbed in the cross through the back while crying out for God, and that somehow makes him a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if that adds up. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering, like, what did he do? But then you the know, the book end of, the book end of that is he gets thrown against the cross when he's a vampire. Yeah, and it he doesn't kill him. Twice. It he just turns him it. into a fucking jet. It was. I'm like. <laughs> Tokyo Gore, please? <laughs> Shit, right? What's happening right now? And I'm just like, wait, shouldn't that... That should be your weakness by most horror movie logic, right? Like, oh, Jason yeah. fucking falls in the lake, so now we drown him. That's how you get rid of him. Right. And like... Uh, but this guy. guy gets killed by a cross falling on him, and you throw him against the cross, and it just like superpowers him up. He's like, yeah, yeah. psych, bitch. I'm the one vampire that can deal with this shit. He's yeah. had enough time to reflect. Well... All right, I might have a comment. Oh, no, he don't say. reflect. He's a vampire. I got, oh, yeah. <laughs> waka waka. I, I'm wondering, too, because we have to keep this in mind. Keep this in mind, too. During all that shit, depending on how he was flexing his cape, mm-hmm. he was switching back and That's forth. That's right. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe yeah, Apparently was, we're just dropping the rest of the movie and jumping right towards the end. I know this is not going to make <laughs> any sense if you haven't seen it or you don't know what the hell we're talking he, about. He turns into, like... Classic Dracula, and somehow it goes from priest garb to like classic Dracula. Well, yeah, he, he goes back and forth between classic Dracula to mm-hmm. Guangxi, the like hopping vampire. Yeah, yeah. tradition like east and west. The depending on east coast, west coast, depending on which one's more advantageous for him at, at the, the time. time. Right, yeah. exactly. Like rap battling. Yeah, <laughs> actually, like. That was one of the neatest that fucking things in this clever. movie. It doesn't make any fucking sense. No, no, it doesn't, but it doesn't have to in this movie. It doesn't, yeah. And we might as well talk about the end, because when you think about this movie, the first half of it has nothing to do yeah. with the supernatural. No, it has it's, it's, nothing to do with vampires, uh, no. other than them trying to con the fucking guy and like do, having the ghost thing, which we can jump back to. Which, like, yeah, exactly, because that's fun. Yeah. I feel like it's crazy how you have these like Taoist masters... And then you also have, like, you know, like, ghost hunting as a business. And, like, these people are getting paid to exercise ghosts, the Taoist masters. And then you have, like, the Western Church. And, like, they're, I don't know. Like, the juxtaposition between the two is pretty interesting. But it's just, like, I just thought, like, one of the funniest things is just, like, how you have, like, in America, people go ghost hunting. They get paid to identify ghosts or whatever. 
I know it's a real thing, and people were just doing that back in the day too. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Is that more things change, the more they stay the same? Yeah, and conning just the same. It's just yeah, it's just a different era. Yep, exactly. <laughs> That's all. Just like, you know, oh, improvised. And they like cut out. I remember at the beginning, like it was like the younger like Towers Master, and he's like basically cutting his dad out of this job essentially. To make the money. As oh, well. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's kind of what I got out of it. Like, the more this movie progresses, you learn that there's, like, this underlying story. There's subplot where bringing in drugs, prostitutes, stuff that's bad. I'll tell you. So the first time yeah, I watched and- this, I tr- I put it on when I was a bit too tired and a bit too stoned. And I was <laughs> not paying that much attention to parts of this movie. When yeah. I watched it again this morning, and I was sitting there, like, having to take notes, I was like, oh, shit. Those fucking Shang-Chi we were seeing for two-thirds of the movie are actually all just smuggling drugs. That's actually really fucking clever. Yeah, <laughs> they're drug mules is what they are. I'm like, oh, that was fucking dope. Doesn't make this movie make that much more sense, but it was fucking yeah. dope. <laughs> it's or, just like a lot of random details in a movie, and then it comes, I don't know. What do you think the drugs were? Opium, obviously. It's spice. <laughs> yeah, it was spice that so you get like at the gas station. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, not the not the shit from Dune. <laughs> it's the shit from Town Pump. <laughs> yeah. yeah, do not recommend it. I remember the only place I carried spice in Great Falls was Poppies. Mm. It's like this is a guaranteed probably a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> Wanna waste your whole weekend? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. yeah. I keep saying opening bit. It doesn't happen till like fifteen, twenty minutes into the movie. But when fucking star and moon are like over here the guy and they're like oh shit oh, yeah. we can make a couple bucks and fucking con this motherfucker <laughs> yeah we're gonna set up this fake seance yeah, get yeah. a couple bucks it's pretty yeah. fun <laughs> and then it turns into a real fucking seance <laughs> yeah and you're like oh shit it's going on but like they actually <laughs> deal with this shit so it's not like they're completely caught off right, guard right, right exactly they have some training in this yeah it's been you know, kind of mentioned but then the ghost tells her story and then oh, you're like, we oh got to talk God. about this shit because yeah, this yeah. is a weird fucking dark part of this fucking movie. All right, so this, all right. It's like a whole subplot within the movie, essentially. It's like this ghost ranting about, like, her. Well, it's, a, it's such a sad story. Um, but she's like ranting about, like, like this is why was, I'm a ghost. Was that the dude that did it to her? The guy that was wanting to bring her back? The priest? Oh, no, what? The guy that they were conning. No, I mean, they, they, he was trying to get rid of it because they were doing something with oh, the cellar. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Church, yeah. Oh, okay, so it's, it was just church, like yeah. her. Yeah, he's, okay. Yeah, cool, they, cool, cool. At first he Sorry, was trying I'm to just hire... Stoned. He was trying to hire somebody else, or somebody mm-hmm. else was trying to, mm-hmm. you know, get him to negotiate, and then he was like, oh, why don't you get Uncle to Well, do like, it? yeah, the... And he the, turned it down, he's like, might as well buy your own grave. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I feel like... It's weird, like, the thing I was thinking about was uh, how there's this, like, overall, it's, like, this sale between this guy and then the church, and then the irony of, like, hiring the Taoist masters, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. The, the people that, in a way, you're kind of trying to squeeze out of the equation. Yeah. <laughs> town. Yeah. That way of living, kind of. I didn't think about that. That's actually kind of, yeah. that's a neat little. Because they're always kind of in the background doing the shit, mm-hmm. that, like, the cleanup work. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's And it's funny, too, how, like, I think there's a scene where they're, like, I think it's pretty much, 
Well, do we want to talk about the the monologue the ghost has? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know we're kind of skipping around. Well, we okay, actually, I, I did. We're skipping around it, but I did want to tag up on that a little bit because <laughs> so it's, it's not just that like the Taoists are cleaning up everything because there's a couple times where fucking Uncle Nine does make himself look like an ass. Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. more like no matter what happens, the church ends up looking good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In, in the minds of like the rest of the town. Yeah. It's like they're taking the the church's present and it's taking credit for all the work mm-hmm. the Taoist masters are doing, good or bad. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, okay, I think this works. Oh man, I just remember that scene where uh, they were like ex- trying to exercise one of the the demons, and it just throws up on all the monks, and they throws up on the the pre. Is it? I forget the priest's name. Wu. Priest Wu. Yeah. And and then it like you know and then Uncle Nine just like does some crazy shit, like takes care of it, and then the priest is like, oh yeah, that's totally right. It makes sense that we stop that demon, right? And it's so underwhelming. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker, did you think you did that? You like, saw yeah, his fucking exorcism ball float in, like yeah. yeah. What it makes me think of because we're having this conversation now is like how easy it could be to like. Go into a place with a certain intent, mm-hmm. and yeah, kind of steal the idea. It's like, oh, well, this kind of works. Let's go ahead and borrow that, and make it our own. <laughs> you know, if you will, spice it up a little bit, if you will. Well, it's like I feel like it's a critique on like Western culture in general too. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And it's like I don't know. Like you see that happen all the time where someone's like actually doing the work behind the scenes and like oh this person's about to fuck up let's make sure they don't fuck up and then the person who was about to fuck up is like told you so yeah. <laughs> told you it would work yeah <laughs> it's out of faith bro yeah it's classic we've all seen it before plus the editing between the dueling exorcisms was pretty sweet oh yeah, so good getting at. Yeah, it's, it's it's a neat way because it's fun it's funny but there is that social context to it too you know mm-hmm. I like that too. It's well, kind of like, in there. One of the things really. that I feel is so understated about like this movie in general is just the choreography is actually so good. Like really good. Mm-hmm. for like kung fu movie standards, like I remember watching it like this morning and being like, I am so impressed with just like how imaginative it is and like the special effects in this are definitely of the era. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like you have like literal lasers burnt onto film, mm-hmm. and then you're just like, this is like nothing is like this but this type of movie essentially. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, which it it works for what it's trying to do. Yeah, and the other one that I remember that's kind of and it's like it's actually I think Bastard Swordsman was 1982, but I'm not sure. But my other my favorite kung fu movie of all time is Bastard Swordsman, and they have like similar types of effects. Mm. And I don't know, aesthetically, I just think it's so interesting, and you're just like, I don't know. For me, one of the reasons I really like Exorcist Master, and just as a kung fu movie watcher, is it just reminds me of that, like, era of kung fu movies, especially the special effects and the cinematography. But, yeah. Do you wonder, I mean, do you wonder, do you think maybe it's, like, an homage, or maybe, like, a little nod to what's going on in this film sometimes? You know, like... yeah. I think it is, like, a definitely, like, you have these kung fu movies that are, like, 80s onward that their cinematography is just, like, nuts. They don't hold back. 
and the bastard swordsman, this guy, like, puffs out steam out of his hands, and he doesn't get out of his chair the entire fight scene, and it's, like, totally wire food. And it's just, like, I love that type of kung fu movie, because it is just, like, you smoke some weed, and it is just absurd, and it's so much fun to watch, <laughs> like... Yeah, I kind of like that, too, yeah, because it's it's not meant to be serious, it's just to have a good time. Yeah. You know? But, yeah. And... This movie, you're trying to have a good time, and it seems like you're having a good fucking kung fu comedy time. Yeah. And then this ghost busts out of nowhere, <laughs> talking about getting ball. married off at fucking 12, yeah. like, down in a fight, like, like, kept away in a fucking basement <laughs> oh, it's okay. until she was 15 and Sold. her fucking abusive husband... <laughs> told the homies that, hey, you can have her, if you know what I mean. I'm not yeah. trying to say, you know, yeah. we all know what the hell we're talking about here. Yeah, I'm like, damn, 12, lost her virginity then. Well, Pretty much, yeah, got locked away. Did she die at 16? <clears throat> she got drowned. 15 or 16, yeah. yeah. Somewhere around there. The ghost looks like... The ghost looks like 29. Yeah. <laughs> She's seen some shit, you know. Like this, Yeah, she has, man. I She's just realized right. that, too. I was like, wait, okay, that doesn't add up. And she has them. Really good kung fu skills too for that age. She did. Mm-hmm. Give her that. Yeah, yeah, she fucking spanked our boy, stripped him, and then got all up in him. I was kind of rooting for her, you know. I was yeah. like, you know, what's the least that can harm? Just let her have her fun and like, don't make. Yeah, this it's into not her fault that she's down there, man. Yeah, it's not like no. she has to be down there. It's understandable, you know. But yeah, it's like they're trying to. Maybe that's like a social commentary too. Like, she's in the fucking church. Yeah, yeah. The seller of their church, and it, it has really nothing to do with Christianity at all. <laughs> but they're trying to get rid of her. It's mm-hmm. just like, well, you gotta try to exercise, man. I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, I am not about that. I'm yeah, hanging out. I ain't just about that life. Be. But yeah, once again, it's the Taoist priest. Mm-hmm. Well, here's when Nine shows up and fucking kicks her ass, which was fucking dope. First yeah, off, yeah. he's a badass. Yeah, and that's when I started thinking to myself, <laughs> I'm like, yo, if you just like did a soft reboot, not necessarily a Mr. Vampire, not necessarily of Exorcist Master or any of the others, but you just like made a series of films about fucking Uncle Nine. Yeah. Dude. Fucking taking on supernatural threats all across China or fun. all across the world and maybe he has to learn some shit. Like he kinda had to learn some shit in this one. Timo is the ultimate idea I think is like having a like Uncle Nine like miniseries or series oh, like dude, yes. like Mushishi. I don't know if you've seen that anime. No, I haven't. Mushishi's like a very X Filesy, oh, like oh, Gravity man. Falls episodic thing. It would be so cool to see Uncle Nine like totally have like his his own like supernatural every That'd episode awesome. he just exercises a different ghost. Yeah. I mean I guess he he can pull along fucking Moon and Star and they can yeah, do their okay. fucking dumbass shit along the I'm way. I'm okay with and that, like, man. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do it... I would watch that. Yeah, I would I watch like, that. Yeah. yeah. Be consistent if you're going to do it right. Yeah. I'd say, how about, like, Donnie Yen for our new fucking... Damn. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Our new Uncle Nine. That'd be fun. <laughs> it's interesting, too. Like, it's weird how you see, like, you know, kung fu movies from 67 till 1992... <laughs> pretty much all have the same people in a lot of stuff. And then you jump, I don't know, like maybe like 20 years, 15 years into the future. And there's not really a venue for a lot of these actors. You Mm. know what I mean? It sucks Mm -hmm. because it's just like, there's a lot of amazing modern Kung Fu actors out there, but it's not like, 
don't know, kung fu movies are, they don't come out like they used to, you know, where you have, like, you know, tons of Shaw Brothers movies. In the yeah. Theater. What I find interesting maybe is, like, the equivalent over here was, like, the action films from the 80s. Like, mm-hmm. you know, those almost felt like a dime a dozen. We had our own kind of version of kung fu movies, if you will, like with American mm-hmm. Ninja and shit like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. All that bullshit. And all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not quite the same as Shaw Brothers stuff. Not even close, but... Yeah. We had then it all died out for a little bit. That's what I'm getting at. I think the advantage was having it... At least in that style. Yeah. Because Matrix happened, and then you had new style action. Right. Yeah. And it kind of revolutionized that. And maybe even stuff like, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yeah. and all that stuff. Hero, so good. Oh, like, I fucking love Hero. Yeah, so <laughs> that kind of style of martial arts... Yeah. You know, started changing that narrative, I suppose. I and feel then, like... Yeah, they got a job again when Expendables happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, man. Right, but it's just kind of a... Unfortunately, I think a bygone era. It's just neat that sometimes you get the opportunity to be in the midst of that era and not really even know you're in it, you know, to, yeah. to be able to appreciate it a little bit later on. Well, and I think that, honestly, my observation as someone who's looked up, like, what's new, like, what's coming out for years, like, regularly, Netflix, like, so many things are, like, actually, like, putting out, like, a lot of good Kung Fu movies. Well Go USA has a bunch of stuff out, and it's, like, really cool to see... And it's something that's relatively new with streaming. I've noticed, but... That's awesome, man. Yeah. But, yeah, what was it? Oh, I was thinking about... The story of that ghost is insane. <laughs> and it's just, like... Then it's just, like, done. It just happens in one scene. And yeah, then that's, it, that's kind of it. And that's it. That's yeah. really it. And then you go to this narrative of, like, them basically, like, giving... Like, the church just giving shit away to people and, like... To get them on their side, basically. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like, it's interesting, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting because <laughs> I feel like a lot of this shit, it's funny, and it's it's like, you know, there's a lot of warning, a lot of warnings around it, but like, the scene where like the priest is in the room with like, the person who owns a brothel, every important person in this town, but it's mainly like the opium dealers, like all these that people. That was so fucking funny. And it's like... I and there was the language happen. barrier, and he didn't quite understand who he was sitting with. Right, right, right. And he's like, no, this is good. He, but he did, he said something, he said they're all sinners. Yeah. So he was aware of that. Mm-hmm. You know? But he definitely didn't realize. Not to what extent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's such a critique on, like, I feel like this critique, like this movie is viewing Catholicism, imperialism, and colonialism from a, I don't know. It's definitely, like, it's bringing up issues that people have, but it's, like, making them so obvious, you know? Right, like, exactly. That's what it's, it's not it's even exactly. hiding it. It's not no. hiding, like, how corrupt it is and how it's, like, okay with, like, I don't know. But that's a bigger critique. I don't know. I'm not saying that this reflects any church in particular, but I just think it's, like, I don't know. It's, it's just funny to see that commentary on the church. Yeah, no, I I think it's something that you and I, Tyler, we've mm-hmm. run across before, with you know quite a few films. And the disclaimer is, is like none of us are experts here on these topics. You know, we because we can just comment on what little bit we know and what we see is trying to be. You know, yeah, maybe commented on. But I'm not Chinese. I don't know Chinese culture very well in terms of mm-hmm. the broader aspect of it. So I can't really comment. Well, and it's but it's some of this shit's pretty obvious what they're trying to say. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's just like, it's interesting too. It's just like, 
basically you have this idea of what religion is being boxed up in the form of aid and like working you know and it's interesting not just aid you get a fucking kiss from the pretty girl if you tithe yeah Yeah, right hell yeah bro (laughs) that guy it's got like evangelicism and stuff Mm -hmm. it's like very dolled up yeah it's it's packaging western culture into this attractive and new thing but when you for profit yeah and but at the same time it's just like you know, not really doing... They're giving away food and stuff, but they're not... They're still, like, working with everyone in the established community or whatever. But one of the things I thought that was interesting, too, like, about the fight scenes, there's a lot of horror kung fu movies with, like, the Taoism, and, like, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, you see a lot of the same tropes in a lot of these movies, but it's it's interesting. But nothing is as ridiculous as in this movie. Yeah, that's just master. I think they take liberty with having fun with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Where we've seen what they do in Mr. Vampire with the rituals and, yeah. you know, with the amulets and things like that, even with the, the sword they use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so we get to see some of that already. And in this one, it takes it to a little different level because it's a little bit more comedic, a little bit more slapstick. Yeah. And a little bit more generalized. Exactly. Mr. Vampire was very specifically oh, it was dealing tr- with straight-ahead Chinese hopping vampires. Right. It wasn't yeah. going from ghost to vampire to whatever. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of the times I think about the beginning of this movie, and it's like it's like almost like they started making one movie, and we're like, we got to make a comedy. <laughs> like, that's like... Uh, you know, that's a good point, too. I just saw one studio, but... You know, who knows what kind of influence was going on, too, around that time period. I don't know. <laughs> That's just complete conjecture. Yeah, true. So I gotta say, I was kind of, like, I was there for, like, Uncle Nine having the music off with them. <laughs> like, because... That was pretty neat. I was even there for, like, Uncle Nine putting on his fucking official Madden. robes. Just so that he wouldn't get fucking upstaged and shit. But it yeah. was kind of a shit move to fucking throw out the brandy the way he did. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a solid point. I was like, bro, just drink some fucking brandy. Yeah, it's going to be all right. <laughs> don't do don't be that big of a dick about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're fine. Just... And just think about, like, how much more special brandy is, I think, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like you can't go to the store and just <clears throat> buy some, you know? That's, like, that's some expensive stuff. One of the things I was thinking about, too, was... uh what are these ghosts in the story? And they talk about how basically the reason why you give sacrifices and appease ghosts and give food and stuff like all this stuff is they're all like ancestors. I don't know. That is a part of the culture, the tradition. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. It's just interesting to see like, you know, like they definitely tell like, they give their own explanation to like who these ghosts are within the context of Taoism, I think. But it's like, just weird how twisted that the Western cultures and, like, stuff becomes. Yeah, 90s, man. Things are changing. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking... I mean, with trade deals and shit like that, you gotta think about that. I felt like it was, like, almost like a fusion of horror tropes and ideas of, like, what zombies are and just, like... Yeah. A, like, a huge illumination to, like... All these cultures have the same themes, and it's so easy to bend them and twist them inside, like, a B-horror movie. I don't know. 
No, I think it's an interesting concept. Like they're they're taking Mr. Vampire as kind of like a template. It doesn't hurt that they brought back Yam. Right. And, you know. So the only difference I feel like in this one, the main difference is what we've already been talking about the whole time is that social commentary with the East and the West. And it's sprinkled all throughout with what they're doing. They kind of compare and contrast, you know, what's happening amongst the old with the traditional mm -hmm. and then the new with the West. And the commentary, I think, in this point, like we were saying, is it's kind of like an indoctrination. You know, it's like, here's some shit. You kind of become dependent on us. We'll bring in this stuff that's going to generate money, not for you, but for us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and you have to become dependent on us. I do feel like the film actually go, even goes a step further and it's kind of delicate with it. Mm -hmm. Most of the people involved with the church itself aren't corrupt. No, not you're in right. this one. You're right. You're right. Uh, maybe it's previously we don't know yeah. what the we don't know what the older priest did. Like, there's probably a reason he's a fucking vampire now. Yeah, we don't. Right, know. we don't know. Mm -hmm. But like know this guy that came in, there's a reason why they end up being able to work together in the end. Yeah. and it's because like his heart's in the right place. Right, right. He's, he's kind of a dumbass. Doing right. Good for the community. I agree with that. Green, yeah, for sure. Right, he just caught it. He's caught but up in the corruption. But the mayor and his son are using this thing coming cover. in as a cover yep. so they can make all the money off the fucking And that church. makes total sense. And that's, yeah, you're right. And that makes yeah. a lot more sense. And also, I think it's hilarious how the whole time you have Uncle Nine that's, like, <laughs> warning that you can't open this church. Like, he, he knows the movie. Like, Uncle Nine's like, you open the doors of this church, shit's going to happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to warn you, everybody. They have a boat, and they're like, no, nah, we're going to open it. You're like, You're like, this is a terrible idea. I know Hallelujah. <laughs> you <laughs> sons of bitch. <laughs> He's just like, I'm a town master. I'm telling you this is going to be a serious shit storm if you open this church again. I know for this for a fact, and I'm going to have to do more work. Well, it was the fucking Jaws scene, right? Reopen yeah, it's, it at it's the beach. Reopen the beach. <laughs> Yeah, what? Oh, man. I haven't seen y'all in forever. I mean, that's basically what it was. Like, the yeah. mayor's like, no, no, you can't celebrate the fourth. And that's where, like, you have that we're gonna meet out. We're going to miss out on the, all that tourist money. That's right. Yeah, yeah dude. See? Well, that opium money. I mean, what? It's, oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like that's where you have that conversation happening on a, on a cross-global level with film. Yeah. Where you have this person that's, like, the stereotypical horror movie don't go to the cabin, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. And that is also the hero of this movie. That's like, don't do this. Like, Yeah, somebody who's just like, I've seen this, I've done this, I know what's happening. Now, I will say, Uncle Nine was telling him not to open up that shit, which was the right call, but he wasn't doing shit about the evil that was supposed to be in there. Mm -mm. He was just saying, um, nope, we just can't use that piece of land ever again. Uh, they, Some of the people, <laughs> I don't know how many, but they're like, uh, not my business. Yeah. <laughs> That was kind of like a comment saying, like, not my business. Well, I was like, dude, you got to do something about it. You can't just leave this fucking... If it's that dangerous, you can't just leave it in the middle of town. Somebody's no. going to sneak in there. Somebody's going to get their ass killed, even if it's not the fucking church. Yeah, then you... you I mean, you're going to have to deal with it one way or the other. Might as well go ahead and... Yeah, he was being lazy ass about it. Exactly. Uncle Nine? Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, at least the church was trying to do something. Uncle Nine was like, yeah, we just can't use that fucking yeah, the building church was anymore. naive to <laughs> but, what they would have, you know. But that's what they should do. The place is fucking haunted. Like, yeah. that's the rule. You still got to like, take care of it, though, man, at some point. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. I, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm one of those <laughs> people that, shit that <laughs> if I, like, was, like, suspected I was living, like, in a haunted house, 
I would move the fuck out. <laughs> I would like this place can stay this way. I'm not. I'm going right now. I mean, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But I feel like in the context of this film, yeah, they know people are coming in, and they need to at, at, Yeah, at some yeah. point, and it's a big ass be, property. You got to do yeah. something yeah, with it at yeah, some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. It's this just going to get worse, dude. It's inviting. It's inviting yeah. vampires in and shit. Bisexual lighting. It's got everything. Yeah. <laughs> It did, didn't it? <laughs> it's gonna get turned into a, a rave. It's hilarious. Like, oh no! And like, I was gonna say, like the the mocking of Catholicism is a theme in kung fu movies. Mm. It's not the first. It's not the last. Mm-hmm. Oh no, 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 you're right. You're you right know, that, yeah. Like people, like I feel like I've seen movies that look at. They'll have like a scene with, like some missionaries, and then the main character's like lol, and it's like continues like. His day, you know, and they just so like look at those people, okay, and it's like you see this a lot in kung fu movies, and it's like something I like when I saw this movie, I was like very similar scenes that I've seen in like more serious movies, just like making kind of a joke out of it a little other ways. Now, yeah. uh, this avoided something that I know that me and you both fucking hate, Danny. <laughs> And that's having one power just trump out over everything. Oh, no. I thought they were going to go that route. I thought they were, too. What's and I was so be? fucking... Like, what do you mean? We're so, like... Going we're going there. It was setting up for kind of an inverse, because it did kind of set up for, like, Taoism winning out overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of the time, it's the other way around. Some form of Christianity yeah. wins out overall. Yeah. Because Jesus. Because oh, Jesus. Like, in, like, Western horror movies. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. But I love that in this one, it's like... If he's going to play by Eastern rules, then we have to hit him with the Eastern shit. Yep. If he's going to play by the Western rules, we got to hit him with the Western they hit shit. They with a switch, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's oh, acknowledging that both of the war existing. is existing in real life. Coexisting, if you will. Coexisting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean, like, it didn't make any sense that the fucking vampire no, could just switch back and no, forth between yeah. it. No, we got no context. He's like, running, nothing. he's hopping, he's flying, he's hopping, he's hopping. He's just like, I'm going to pop the collar, I'm going to unpop yeah. the collar. I'm going to yeah, pop yeah. the collar. And you're Walk like, with it, lean with it. Where were you this entire movie, by the way? I don't know, but. He's just like, it's crazy. Face down, ass up. And what? also, I don't know why getting slammed against a cross turns him into a fucking jet. Dude, but, I don't know. That was crazy. That's like. It was cool. It's all kinds of shit we've been doing in like the last few months. It was cool as shit, but like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's not the first instance I felt like there was some Japanese influence in this. Because we also did it pretty fucking recently when all of the recently turned vamped shows up at the end and they're about to fucking square off. Were yeah. you thinking fucking from dusk till dawn? Dude, yeah. yeah. So, so sick. <laughs> that was pretty And you're good. just like, oh shit. Vampire hunters versus vampires. Can we? They're about to throw down. Can we talk about the scene where, uh, where it's uh, the Uncle Nine dressing up as a woman and infiltrating Catholic mass? (laughs) That was pretty. That was pretty good. Inviting the priest that uh, gave him the Eucharist or whatever. That was pretty good. It's like, it tastes terrible. I need another one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. one more just for clarity. And so I don't know. I feel like it's just it's just hilarious because it's just it's just so absurd. Like the whole movie, it is showing like it's mocking it in a way. You know, I mean, it's it's taking liberty, of course, but it's not doing it like too much. Like, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it's over the top, but it's not being like ugly about it. I loved the way that scene ended 
with him and Star realizing like, oh, oh shit, yeah. we're in too deep. We got to fucking book out of this. How are yeah. we going to fucking pull this one they're, off? They're, they're all in this shit now. <laughs> Moon, Star, and Master are all like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> we're all compromised. And Moon just has to like catch on real quick like, oh, shit, my brother. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> I will say early on, too, real quick with Little Star, Star, mm-hmm. when the... <clears throat> Ghost from earlier on in the film, yeah. when she incurs him, mm-hmm. and you know he's fighting with the master, and he gives him the kiss. Oh yeah, and he kind of gives him the wink and stuff like that. It's like that's interesting. That I, I was not expecting that because I don't think that's something that they would normally do or joke about. Typically in these styles of film, I don't think that's something that necessarily you see in in kung fu per se. I, I don't know how, how, how <laughs> I will say how loose they are with that, you know. His his mannerisms while he was very feminine, in Sorcelled, I mean, sense, reminded me of the same way that Jackie Chan would run with the uh, the Miss Ho aspect of the yeah. drunken master. Well, honestly, a lot of mimicking feminine kung fu is like throughout kung fu movies too. Like you have they, like, they like, always do the same sort of style yeah, like especially Mocking. any mm-hmm. drunken kung fu movie, it always ends up where you have one person fighting like the boss of the movie, and then turns into like the lady drunken master or whatever. Mm-hmm. Getting really flirty, yeah. And stuff. yeah. Getting flirty, and it's like you know, kind of like exaggeration. I mean, that's um, kind of neat because I mean, that's just kind of like mocking uh, masculinity and stuff. It is, yeah, like the brute force beating it with the femininity. It's interesting too with like kung fu movies like this because they a lot of the comedy ones it's kind of there's a lot of satire I feel like oh without a doubt yeah without a doubt and it's like it's interesting to see like everything's so lighthearted but when you look at the plot of like what's actually going on like shit is insane mm-hmm. and you're like yeah for real yeah I don't know and the time period too like this is not set in modern time like you were saying this is more like turn of the century. Right, like right, 1900s. when it's set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, like, early, early, like, imperialist, like, kind of stuff. Yeah, there's some expo where they talk about, like, steam engines and shit like mm-hmm. that, too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of gives you an idea of what they're talking about. Oh, ooh, they have airplanes. Uh, yeah, 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 I almost forgot about that. Mm. So, yeah, it lets me know. It's like, oh, yeah, this is, gives you even more context. Of, typewriter. Of how they view the oh, West, yeah. you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. typewriters. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. It is an interesting POV coming from us who are Westerners watching mm-hmm. an Asian film giving commentary about the West. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is neat, which is neat because it's usually the, the other way around. I think it's kind of refreshing to watch like old school Kung Fu movies because like knowing the history, knowing like kind of the cultural examination on this like type of film. Yeah. It's interesting because it's a lot of, like, speculation, you know, like, but... What I think is, is neat, in a way, because I think we've come across this doing... We've done a lot of Asian cinema, not necessarily just horror, but cinema in general. Yeah. Where there's going to be misconceptions, I think, depending on where you're from. You know, mm-hmm. like a Western point of view might have a completely, you know, misconstrued idea of what it means yeah. to be, you know, Japanese or Chinese or Korean or whatever. And vice versa. Like, they have a skewed view of what it means to be American, let alone Montana. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's going to be some, you know, misinterpretations here is what I'm getting at. I-, I like being able to watch it from these different points of view. 
you know, because I think we get a better idea of where we're kind of like coming across at the same and what and what we were personified as to people of you know doing movies of that time period. Yeah, yeah. So it, I don't think there is a coincidence that they're just as good as satirizing and making commentaries. Yeah. and, you know, making jokes about this kind of shit. Well, it's all, just like what is <laughs> different. And like kung fu movies are literally the worst at that. Like there is like, <laughs> yeah, it's every movie is like just like. I feel like sometimes with Shaw Brothers, it's like if you've seen five, you can probably predict the the ending of most of them. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. I guess they follow a certain beaten path. And that's not that's not saying that's a bad thing, but it's it's basically I'm it's saying that like it's fun to watch and it's fun to see like I don't know. It's like the classic like um, of course the villain in this movie is the priest in the first scene. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, He's kind of setting it up. Yeah. And you can kind of guess what the hell is going to happen. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. I'm ripped and rambling. I'm just like... <laughs> oh, it's okay. I went through all my notes, and it's just pretty much what we've been talking about. Yep. This whole time. <laughs> That's kind of what we try to do. Yeah. You know, which is fun. Because there's more than what happens just inside the film. You know, mm-hmm. so there's commentary, there's other aspects that, you know, whether or not that invokes anything in people who are watching, mm-hmm. yeah, that's one thing. But I still think it's interesting that they're going to mix that in, in in a film like this. As Otherwise, it's kind of silly. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, simple. It doesn't really, it's not really violent or anything like that. No. And look, you don't have to think about all this shit no, the, the way it's presented at. either. Yeah. We're just doing that because we're sitting here fucking stoned to we're shit stoned talking about yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's super introspective. But it's not like a deep thinking comedy. No. no. It's, no, it's closer really to being a fucking slapstick comedy. It's like a, like <laughs> ghost comedy was like, Jesus. I was like, this is exactly what it is. It's a ghost comedy. Besides like the opening scene with the first ghost right it's like pretty, her expo jesus it doesn't take itself seriously for the rest of the movie it really doesn't it it gets so silly especially with moon and star like mm-hmm. they're always up to antics it was probably better suited for younger people like they were fun like they were great actors and actresses but that kind of role was probably better suited for teenagers it's still blowing my fucking mind that dude is seraph i know dude right I fucking love that fight. I'm just the thinking first fight with Sarah. Their hijinks and, and their mm-hmm. like that that kind of state of mind is more suited for teens. Yeah, you know more so. They seem like they were in their twenties. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but anyway, that's a whole different story. But the point being is like it's over exaggerated. It's silly. Mm. It's meant to be. You know, it's, it's lighthearted. It's very lighthearted. It's lighthearted, and it's just like one of those things where like I think especially paired with like smoking, it's just like. So absurd that you, like, reflect on the movie and you're like, yeah, that actually did happen. Like, that was the plot of this movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, what I found kind of neat and interesting, too, is the way that they were talking about the hopping vampires. Like, they mm-hmm. were, what do they call it, like, relived? Oh, yeah. Because one of them, like, you know, he's noticing Annie. Mm-hmm. Whatever, mm-hmm. and she even, like, got, kind of, like, draws She's her. Like, She's like, that's, shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, it's like... Can he think? You know, it's like... Yeah. And that kind of alerts her, and that's the whole reason why she went to the Taoist, as opposed to... I think she was probably having a conflict of interest, so to speak. Like, yeah. She's wound up in this whole church bit, 
but she's seeking the advice of the Talos because it's and like, she, are they supposed to? This doesn't seem right. I got the impression from that scene that she kind of like knew, like who was actually taking care of the ghosts and was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the real people who are fighting these. Ghosts. Yeah, it's like I can only pretend for so long <laughs> and yeah. go along with this for so long before I gotta get the real help. Like they're always present when results happen in this movie. Like right? Yeah, that's like the real ghost whispers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, realist until you need to switch, which is part of what makes this movie actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, and it's like, it's weird how at the end, like, I don't know, is there any other parts of the movie we should mention? Mm, no, not necessarily. Like, Because so otherwise we're just going to be sitting here explaining jokes. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because like, so it's very The dialogue is so good, too. <laughs> like, so I have two versions of Exorcist Master. I thought I had one that was dubbed. But the one I watched was subbed, and I just reading the subtitles, I was like, oh, I just want to hear this out loud <laughs> so I could, like, play it back. Because some of it's so absurd, just like, mm-hmm. God, what was, there was, like, one line, let's steal some bodies. That's what Uncle Nine says. <laughs> He's, like, he, like, is, like, dressed up like a ninja. Yeah. And he goes and attacks, like, his young student. He's like, all right, you didn't recognize me. Let's steal some bodies. And he's like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? <laughs> yeah, like they dressed up like ninjas. Yeah. Good, you didn't know who I was. That means we can go. And, and then he, he got just, his ass kicked. Yeah. And then they're just going to steal bodies from a church to like examine them or something. And you're just like, they don't give a fuck. And it's no. on the way into the church that fucking Star does the fucking hardcore parkour into a genuflect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Parkour, parkour. They, like, kind of want to be cool, but they really don't believe any of it at the same time. Like, that's that's what you're saying about the 20s. Yep. They're definitely two people in their 20s trying to figure themselves out. And it's just like, (laughs) uh, okay. But maybe that's the part of the naivete Mm. of being from that time period, too. And also, like, you know, getting used to a different culture that you might have not been raised in. Yeah, I mean, there was a there was a sprinkling of that in Mr. Vampire, too. You know, I think there was, like, a tea session. I, I like this, mm-hmm. You know, the, this awkwardness at that scene. But, you know, you get to see some of that here as mm-hmm. well. You know, awkwardness and trying to grow accustomed to this Western influence. Yeah. You know, it's it's neat. But once again, it's lighthearted. Yeah. It doesn't take itself too serious. So I, did you know... That if you coat a mahogany sword with holy water, you get a lightsaber. (laughs) I don't mind the graphics. I mean, all that shit is, like, fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, at the ending? Oh, man. Yeah, man. Well, it's like, one of the best parts about kung fu movies is that there's nothing like an epilogue in any kung fu movie. The bad guy dies, it's the end of the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You know, that's the ending of every cowboy knelt and started praying. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and done. Yeah. yeah. That was a good joke to end it on. I, I did like that. Like, though. say a prayer for the for the priest. For the homie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like. They barely even showed that the priest didn't make it. That's true. Like, I was it like, was like a half second of like, um, nope, old no, man didn't make it. He did. I was like watching the timeline and I'm like, man, there's like 20 minutes left to this movie and there's nothing that's seemingly like a resolution happening. No. And like, yeah, it's just kind of odd. And then the last 15 minutes, just like one long fight. You're like, okay, okay, okay. They're going to do it. They, they combine the forces. I guess cross plus sword with light equals vampire destruction. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. 
I my favorite part. If you of the stab movie, him with both at the same time, he can't switch it up. Yeah, they what did they throw those thunder eggs at him? Mm-hmm. And then and they, they fucked his cape up. Is what it was like. You can't be flexing no more on it. <laughs> and like I never get that Dracula shit out of here. That's right. I don't know if it was just me, but I swear he saw confetti when the bodies like exploded. It was like party confetti. <laughs> And I'm just like, this is, is this really a horror movie? Like, I don't know. Did I come here suggesting not a horror movie? Does this, Dude, even, okay. does this movie even pass the criteria for this podcast? Yes, technically, yes. Yeah. Because okay. It's supernatural enough. It's Jumpshi enough. Jumpshi, yeah. yeah, vampires. Okay. I, mean, yeah. I mean, they're professional fucking supernatural hunters, basically. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, ghosts, hello. Yeah. I, mean, I guess, yeah, it works. It's just like ghost. It doesn't ghost have to be like a formulaic horror film. There's just a yeah. frame of like a body, and then there's like confetti explosion. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, "All right, all right, end movie. All right, <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. we're done here. Yeah. Wrap it up. Let's do the next one." But I love like the <laughs> overlying message of this movie is coexist. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mostly coexist, but don't take shit. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, it's like the, there's a fine line there. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Either the moral of the story is coexist? Question mark or this happened. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, yeah. I'm like, all right, like. Apparently, we need to work together to kill the vampires, whether they be Western vampires. I mean, it could be a warning, too, but like the dangers of Western influence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you get Western vampires. It was like, like, look at all those bad shit they're trying to bring up here. We had to clean all this mess up. Well, before they were like (laughs) shepherding the vampires, like, I I was like, man, I like how they call this guy the vampire shepherd. Like, I like that title. Too long? Yeah. I think so. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna call him the Vampire Shepherd. Like he's a better. badass character, and until he, he's a little bitch. And then you're like, if they're just jumping at you, you can kind of just in, indefinitely kind of run away from vampires. Like you can only, they can only go as fast as they jump. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, you know, and daylight. They're really non-threatening well. yeah. compared to Western vampires, which are like super threatening. Yeah, they're very vicious. Yeah, they can turn into bats. They can fly in your window. Like, these guys are just hopping around. Like, okay. Yeah, and apparently, like, they don't do well if they get stuck hopping uh, over <laughs> steps. Yeah. Right. You know, like, yeah, I, I think I can manage. These vampires are not known for their coordination, I would say. Well, they do do some excellent confluence in this movie. Right, right. I mean, don't try to go hand-to-hand with them. <laughs> no, they'll fuck find, your shit up that find way. Find, yeah. like, a nice set of stairs that you can ascend. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're going to be all right. Yeah, just literally <laughs> climb a ladder. Like, ladder yeah. to anywhere, you're good. You're good all night. Just go to bed. Like, Knock that bitch over. Yeah, you're yep. good. But then, this this is what the story is getting to. The church comes in, and these vampires get these superpowers. The ladder trick doesn't work. They can fly, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Fuck the Western Right, that's what I'm saying. That's kind of the danger. Like, even though you combine the powers... The evil was combining your powers, too, like, combining both. Mm-hmm. The ability mm-hmm. to switch between East and West influence. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, there's just as much danger in that as there is resolve. Yeah. It was a good movie, though. I gotta say, I watched it this morning. It was it was a treat. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun. It's silly. But there's also a discussion to be had within the film. Okay. If, if you, you want need, to. Yes, and you don't even have to go that route. We're just okay. stoners over here. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Espousing a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is the conversation? 
Oh, we've been having it. Yeah, oh. yeah, you know about like, <laughs> East and West religion. This conversation yes, needs yes, to happen. Yes. You're yeah, right. Yeah. It, it does. That's what I'm saying. And it's like, you don't necessarily have to have well, that in this film. It's, it's awesome because that's what Kung Fu movies are. It's a conversation yeah. between East and West and like people from, you know, like people watch Kung Fu movies in New York, like in the 70s, all over the United States in the 70s. And, and we're that's how you get Wu-Chang. Is yeah, like Wu Tang forever. Wu Tang, uh, break dancing too. Like in yeah. its infancy, where folks watching kung fu movies and being like, "This is how they do their mo- movements," you know. Yeah, like, hip hop's mm-hmm. highly influenced by it. I feel like this movie is just like a joke at the. <laughs> it's basically it's kind of the same thing, but it's just like a joke within religion. I don't know. I just like I don't know. It's just, okay. Yeah. Love the kung fu movies and love the fact that it's always just like influence upon influence, and it just keeps at some point it just keeps feeding itself. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, know, I think that's that's the kind of the fun part about it. It's like you can go into a film like this, right? And just expect a silly fun time, just a pure slapstick kind of comedy. Yeah, nothing more, nothing less. You know, but he's like, hey man, I know that I know if I want to get a little bit heavy. <laughs> Yeah. I can right. think about it if I want to. Yeah, because I know they're going to sprinkle some of that in there. I it's feel there. like it's literally like a slapstick comedy where they're like skipping a rock on all these serious subjects. And you're like, okay, that happened. Slapstick yeah. comedy. Oh, know. damn. They just dropped some shit about rape. Damn. God. Yeah. <laughs> You like, know, just very casual. Like, you're kicking this lady out of her home? God, how could you do this? Like Right. That's what I'm saying. There's some heavy shit. You know, interspersed in this film. Yeah. But you don't have to really read that much into it if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you can just gloss over that if you want. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, like, of note. No, you know, typically, sometimes I try to listen for score and stuff like that, but that didn't really stand out. I mean, aside from... I kind of love the score, to be honest. What I was saying, what I mean by that is, like, um, there was some interesting, you know, choice of music in here. Yeah. You know, which I enjoyed, but I don't feel like it... it elevated certain things or oh, no. you know or like I don't know made me feel it was there way. yeah I mean, it was there yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but in the scheme of how awesome scores can be it was definitely like maybe a 3 out of 10 yeah and right. that's fair that's fair I did like how 80s it was that was the thing. yeah there's some sexy like, shit going on lots of synthesizers yeah. and I was like I dig that I don't know but it wasn't like I don't know I wouldn't buy this soundtrack on vinyl or anything no no yeah. no no no, no, no. I mean, I'll, I'll take it as a present. Yeah. 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 Oh, shit. Well, with that in mind, we don't have next week, do we? No, we don't. Next week? No. This is typically where we stand in. Like, we'll do a film, and we're like, oh, yeah, we don't have next week plans. So, Damn. But this is kind of the adventure of it, too, because you never know what you're going to find. Well, can I plug? Can I oh, plug? of course, Fuck yeah. Of course you okay. can. But, but we're going to let you plug before we said bye, but I was going to try to figure out if we had figured out anything. No, Because no, we no, have we not ha- figured we out haven't, anything. We haven't figured out anything yet. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking plug your shit. Yeah, of Thank course, you. man. Yeah. I guess the, one of the reasons I'm on this podcast, or on the podcast, is I released a record last month. I'm a part of a band called Rob Travolta where I write all the record, uh, all the music for it. And um, if you want to, you can look up Rob Travolta on Spotify, uh, Bandcamp, um, anywhere that streams stuff. But yeah, I've been in a lot of bands in like Missoula in the past, but we don't have to get in, get into them. Yeah. No, that's really cool, man, because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm rocking your t-shirt yeah? tonight. I have 
it in front of me. Yeah, the fucking nice. album art is dope as shit. Thank you. Well, a lot of it too is like it's kind of funny. Um, Kung Fu is like a big influence on my music, even and like a lot of like the opening song in that is kind of a track um, Cole put together with like basically Kung Fu Western aesthetics in mind, and like I don't know, like it's funny because I was like reflecting on all these movies that could be horror movies that were Kung Fu movies, and I'm like I'm glad I picked Exorcist Master. Because it is just a climax of ridiculousness of that movie genre. But at the same time, like, I do want to plug some other Kung Fu movies. Yeah. Like, have you guys ever seen Chinese Odyssey? Oh. Um, Chinese Odyssey is a super dope movie, and it's all about Journey to the West lore. Have you okay. all heard of that yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, And a lot of, like, my favorite, like, horror and Kung Fu mix, like, genre stuff is, like... All the Journey to the West theme stuff. Spiritual Boxer is super good. Bastard Swordsman is really good. And it's cool because I feel like Exorcist Master stands out as like culty to me. Oh, yeah. Where the yeah, other Kung Fu movies are a little <laughs> bit more refined, I want to say. Okay, a little bit more polished maybe. They're still ridiculous. Like, if you watch, I would really recommend Chinese Odyssey 1 and 2 are super sick. Spiritual Boxer is pretty good. But yeah, there's, I don't know, I feel like one of the things that I love about Kung Fu movies too in general is just like, it's a genre. There's a lot of movies. Yeah. Like Shaw Brothers alone, Golden Harvest alone. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have like Sonny Chiba, you have like so many. Great studios. And like a, maybe a 30 year time span. It's interesting too because I feel like the only way I really can watch Kung Fu movies anymore is on iTunes. They have the most dubbed Kung Fu movies on the internet. And like, at some point, they stopped releasing them, and it was a sad day, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. But, yeah, definitely, like, I would definitely highly suggest giving, like, classic Kung Fu movies a try. It reminds me of, like, Westerns and stuff, too. I don't know. It's music. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I kind of associate that a lot with those those styles of film. Like I mentioned earlier, you can throw Westerns in the mix. You know, yeah. like those old action-style films you'd catch, like I said, in the 80s, early 90s, and stuff like that, too, so... Uh, kind of a, a little bit of a bygone era, but in a way, too, kind of a golden era if you're into that kind of film, you know, and that kind of cinema. Yeah. Yeah, I love kung fu films just as well. They're fun. Like I said, yeah. you can find some interesting topics to talk about because it's interspersed in there, but just a good time overall, man. And like I said, it influenced a lot of the West, a lot of the shit that we still see, manga, yep. and, you know, all kinds of stuff, man. I'll also recommend one of my favorite kung fu flicks. Well, ish. I recommend the last half of Dance of the Drunken Manus. Okay. And oh. the first half is almost unwatchable. It's fucking terrible. I've never seen that movie. It's, it doesn't have a high rating. No, the first half is really bad. Damn. The second half is some of the finer uh, choreography I've seen from that era Sick. of kung fu flicks. Awesome. Um, yeah. I feel like it's interesting because uh, like you see this movie... It's not really known in, like, the kung fu movie circles. Like, you can't find it on Amazon. You can't find it pretty much anywhere. Besides YouTube, apparently. Yep. <laughs> Which is sick. That was wild, wasn't it? Yeah. But it's just, like, one of those movies that is, like, oh, it is a kung fu movie. But it also is, like, this absurd commentary on Western culture's influence. And it's, like, I feel like it's cool because, like, it's not your typical kung fu movie by any means. Yeah. yeah. Well, shit. 
Thanks a bunch for yeah. coming on, Rob. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. Um, I think we'll just probably have to have you back anytime we cover another Jiangxi movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll run across it because they're fun. If I can recommend another movie, I would definitely come back on. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. And we're going to figure out what we need to do next time because... It could be any number of things at this point. Yeah, it's Hopefully it's not going to... Look, I'm aiming for it to be okay. not movie number three opening with a fucking cross falling on a priest. Yeah, oh that's not God. our intention. You never know. Even if you don't try, you still get it. That would be so good. I, I think we can avoid it. Yeah. I think we can avoid it, but we'll find out next week. For this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. I'm Rob. Fried Squirms, um, out. Hi everybody, Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, we highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Uh, scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network, uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, the easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, you can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ats. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace. <laughs>